calling all consumer goods, business owners, and marketing professionals. Does planning content ahead of time stress you out? Do you want to run Instagram and Facebook ads, but just aren't sure where to start? If your answer is yes and yes, then our mini course was made for you. It's 100% free and packed with essential tactics that you can implement as soon as today. To join in, visit our website at umymarketing.com slash mini course. All right, let's get on with the pod. Welcome to the Umai Social Circle, where we talk consumer goods tips to help business owners and marketers grow. We're Karen and Allison, co-founders of Umai Marketing, and we're being joined by Steph and Lindsay from The Rind PR for our four-part series where we're auditing young CPG brands on PR and digital marketing. Welcome to episode two, where we're diving into Lost River Apothecary an herbal remedies brand offering all natural teas and salves. Steph, Lindsay, thank you for joining us again. How are you today? Pretty good. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us, y'all. Yeah, we had such a fun time with Willow Street Snacks on our last one, on our last good audit. So it's fun to go into a beauty brand. And we actually work on the same beauty brand, a different one. Mm -hmm. So we're really excited to talk about something similar. Well, it's fun to have kind of a variety of different types of products too, because it it helps kind of get your brain going in different ways and also gives me ideas and things that I need to pick up at the store. I know. Any new beauty product, I'm like, okay, I'll try it. You got me. Yep. Awesome. Well, do you guys want to jump in on your PR recommendations? So I think, you know, one thing that's kind of good to start out by saying is that for PR, um, we have kind of three areas that we specialize in and that we are going to be looking at in the audit. So um, the first one is messaging, um, you know, how, how the story is told online and is there consistency um, you know, are the, are the words, you know, do they make sense? Is there missing information? That sort of thing. So, um, so we took a look at the Lost River Apothecary website for part of this audit. And um, one thing that was really great is that it clearly says at the top what the product is. Um, you know, it says herbal remedies that restore balance and allow inner creativity to flow. Granted, that might be like, a little flowery of language, but I think for the most part, you kind of get what it is. And then you can scroll down and see more about the specific products. And also another thing that was great is it calls out their ethos, um, just like right on the homepage there, locally sourced, sustainably grown and ethically foraged. So, you know, it's like they, they understood the assignment of, you know, having a mission statement and trying to have it kind of like be an overarching thing with what they do. Um, let's see. Some um, some things that seem like they might be missing from the website is more about, um, like there isn't about page, but it's it tells kind of more of like a background story. And I would say this is also like nice, but kind of flowery language. But, you know, I, I get that it kind of is a fit for this sort of brand and the people behind it. Um, But there's not really much about who is making it. Like it doesn't say anywhere, um, you know, who the person behind it is, which I think is um, an important part of being able to tell a story. Um, Their social media says that they're women owned, but that's not included on the site. And I think especially, you know, these days in the world we're living in, um, people are making decisions based on, 
different values like that. And I mean, you know, the sustainability element is one um, kind of like value that drives people to purchase. Um, so that's great. But I think adding women owned to that would help a lot as well. That's something that we talk about a lot. If you are a younger brand and you're willing to step up and be the face of your brand, if that's just through, you know, stories mm-hmm. or ads or, you know, on your email list and also through your website, that really helps the customer just establish that like no like, and trust for that right. founder. And it's, it's scary. <laughs> and you don't always have to do it forever. You know, once you, you know, hit the big time, then, you know, you can kind of fade out a little if you want. Um, but we always see, you know, the founder showing up really help push the mission, the product. I mean, you're the, the person that, that knows the most, you're the person that created the product. So, um, totally agree with you on that one. Yeah. And even for basically, I was just going to say like, even for PR pitching to try to secure media stories, like two kind of things we always look at are business stories, which is like the founder's story, how they got there, you know, like what their inspiration was for starting the brand and, and that sort of stuff where you have to be, you know, able to talk and talk, like, you know, your name is out there, your face is out there, that sort of thing. Or expert type stories, which are the founder talking about, you know, foraging or different herbs that are good for acne or for a rash or various things. So if you're not, you know, really wanting to, to kind of like put yourself out there and do that, you're potentially missing some media opportunities. Granted, you know, we want everyone to be comfortable doing these things and we're not going to like ever set up an interview with a client if they really are resistant, but it's just kind of like, um, you know, you want to make sure you're doing as much as possible um, and thinking of those different angles and yeah, like just proudly saying who you are and you know, why you founded the business and telling your story is a big part of it. And I think there could be also some opportunities um, in terms of media and pitching that um, writers may see on your bio that inspire an idea, you know, if that's like a trend piece that they're working on, um, you know, how to utilize Yarrow in, um, different ways, they may be working on something like that. And they see that, you know, you have an herbalism background or whatever it is, um, may just inspire an idea. Um, and it's also great for creating content, whether that's like a personal blog or, um, just kind of working on, you know, social media posts that really show the kind of behind the scenes and really give like a face to the brand. Yeah, I agree with all of that. Um, kind of other things that we're looking at, um, it's not totally clear to me from the site um, if there are other places like retail places that this can be purchased um, or even just kind of like where you can find us type page could be helpful. With PR generally, it's good to, well, one, if you want people to buy your product, you want to tell them where. <laughs> That's kind of like a, a basic um, in terms of selling product. But besides that, the more places you are and well, it adds credibility. And if like a writer or even an influencer is looking at your page and they're like, oh, I know that store, like then it just kind of adds, you know, another layer for people to connect with. Um, you know, and especially once, I mean, this is definitely a smaller brand that honestly might not really be in many retail locations, but especially when a brand is getting into, it's easy when you think of like 
grocery, if, if they're getting into like a sprouts or a whole foods or something like that, you definitely want to be, you know, putting that all over <laughs> your website and your social media. Um, Cause again, that, yeah, that's that credibility. And it's, it's the kind of thing that we can pitch to media as news as well. So then um, kind of the next section um, that we looked at was media and influencer tactics. Um, this was definitely an area where there wasn't a ton um, that looked like had happened yet with this brand. Uh, we didn't see any media coverage. So, you know, I think reaching out to media can be a really daunting thing for, <laughs> for anyone who hasn't really done it, um, for founders and really anyone. But, um, you know, I think that if you're a little intimidated by it, the easiest place to start is maybe finding someone local you know, they're going to be more likely to want to share a local story. So it could be just, you know, picking up your local magazine or looking at the website and finding someone's name. And normally their emails are on the website or it's kind of searchable, or honestly, you can even send it to like the general email for the publication and just, you know, send a little bit about your story. You're not always going to get a response, but there's definitely, it's a lot less scary. <laughs> there's like lower barrier to entry, if that's the phrase, um, than if you're pitching like a big national publication, like, I don't know. Um, geez, all the ones that I was going to list are like not doing print anymore. I was going to say in style, but obviously for like <laughs> um, any publication for online, like you know, allure for like a beauty brand or something like that's going to feel a little scarier. But if it's someone who might be like, oh, I'm really interested in this local story or like, you know, I want to support a local brand that's, you're likely to get a response. And it looks like they have uh, really great photography already on the website, which is, I think, maybe like half the battle with, mm -hmm. um, you know, when thinking about like media relations and pitching is having really good high quality photos. Um, you know, editors are way more likely to run coverage of your brand or your product if you have really good photos. Um, so making sure that you have that kind of in one place, almost like a little, um, not necessarily a press kit, but like a little kind of like media or PR package. So you have your labeled high res photos, um, a little kind of about the brand and maybe even some ideas on potential stories, you know, whether that's like skincare tips for winter or, um, you know, how to use herbs, you know, on sunburn in the summer, things like that, um, that might kind of get, you know, it might help you break through the noise when you're reaching out to media. So you're saying have that that type of content on the site, like blog not content necessarily on the site? On, not necessarily on the website, but have it kind of ready to go. Um, okay. And if you've already got your, you know, messaging really dialed in and you've got your photography, um, you know, gathered, it's really just like one more step to put that together um, on your end. That's the sort of stuff that before media is going to cover, they're going to need that anyway. Like that's, what we put in a pitch or what they'll say, like, can you send us photos? And then you're not like, Oh no, I'm not going to be in the story. Cause I didn't have my photos in this Dropbox in time or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. just like a little bit of uh, increasing your chances, chances and like saving yourself some time by having that stuff ready. It organized now. Yes. That's exactly. Motto. I like it for brands who, who can't hire you guys. 
how how do you generally advise them to get on those hits? Um, are they simply reaching out via email or how should they go about that process? I think I would first take a look at what your competitors, where, where your competitors have been covered. Um, also think about your target market and what types of publications they're reading, whether that's print or digital or even newsletters, where they're getting their information, and then kind of make a list of who your like ideal targets are. So, you know, if you have kind of a, you know, for, you know, we'll use, let's use uh, Lost River, for example, you know, they're target market may be really focused on wellness, um, maybe more so than beauty. Um, so like a publication like self or women's health, um, and I'm just talking about in the national sphere, those publications would be, uh, maybe a better target, um, while they are kind of like lofty goals, really kind of honing in and going after those as opposed to, um, kind of, make, you know, making a blanket statement to everybody. Um, I would see what types of stories your competitors are being included in, um, and then kind of work your way backwards. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, seeing who's writing the stories and then tracking down their contact info, whether that is honestly, a lot of freelance writers, um, include their email address, uh, you know, in their Twitter bio these days. Um, you can get so much valuable information from Twitter. Honestly. Twitter. Ooh, okay. Hot tip, hot tip. Light, hot tip. Love it. So find them on like the publication and then stalk them on Twitter. Stalk them on Twitter. Not okay. obsessively. <laughs> and I just, would say- Just find their email on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of times their emails are on Instagram too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. So, I feel like it's easier. it's easier to find- not everyone's email, but it's a lot easier to find people's emails than you would think. <laughs> yeah, we actually have um, a scraping tool that we use. Oh. It's just a free Chrome plugin. I, I just search like scrape or something. That's such and... a weird word. Yeah. <laughs> I don't and think it's it doesn't always pull like the, it, good, the good. Yeah, it <laughs> only pulls emails that are already on the page just so you don't have to search through like the whole website. Mm, but it is kind of helpful okay. if you're like, who do I need to contact? And then you just run the scrape tool and then you're like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. And I would say like, in terms of like best practices, if you are reaching out, I will say, uh, reach out and keep it really succinct. So make sure that you have your, get your point across in like three sentences. If you can introduce your brand, you don't need to go over the top. You don't necessarily need to send an entire press release. Um, but I would make sure that you can kind of get it out in a few sentences and then ask if they would like more information, offer up, you know, pertinent info. Like if you're available on Amazon, if you have an affiliate program, um, and if you have, you know, high quality photos, don't ever attach photos, but the shorter, the better as an initial interaction, um, is more likely to get a response. Um, and why don't you want people attaching photos? (laughs) If you attach photos, I guarantee you an editor or writer will delete it almost immediately. They get so many emails with attachments that, and I had this problem when I worked in fashion PR in New York, that you'd get so many attachments that your inbox will crash. Um, So anytime somebody has an Yes. 
put it in a Dropbox or Google Drive or some, basically link it. Don't literally attach the file. So you do want to provide a photo. Tips, (laughs) y'all. And I had a question really quick before we get too far away from it, but you were saying like, don't annoy them. And how, (laughs) how many times is too many times to reach out pitching to the same writer or editor? I think it depends on what you're following. If you're just following up to say like, hey, did you get my email? Or just wanted to check in to see if this was of interest. I would say maybe no more than two or three times. If you have something new and if you can wait a little bit and then (laughs) gauge interest and also provide maybe something new, um, whether that is like, I just wanted to follow up to see if this was interest. We also just got picked up by Whole Foods. Um, I just wanted to, you know, put that on your radar or if yeah. there is some sort of like <laughs> timely event or seasonal hook um, to include that in your follow-up as well. So it's not just like, you know, hey, did you get my email below? Yeah, but, I, I think a lot of it is like sometimes if it's the wording like over and over again, like imagine if I feel hey, like did you get my like, email. Hey, did you get my email? <laughs> yeah. yeah, like every day for yeah. like three weeks, that would be that would 100% be annoying to everyone, I think. <laughs> so it's um, like, yeah, spacing it out and then like c- coming up with a new angle for the follow-up email. Yeah. And uh, I'm just curious too, is it ever good to be like in a follow-up, like, hey, so-and-so wrote us up and it's like kind of a competitor or would that turn them off, you think? I feel like that one's tough. It kind of depends on what the story is. I kind of feel like maybe don't, don't do it for the most part. I would say like, Maybe if you're going to have some press that you're excited about, just like add it to your website or put it on your social media. But I don't know if like that's a strong pitch point. Don't lead with it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you always want to make sure that you're providing value to that publication. So you want to make sure that your product is a fit for the readers, first of all, um, and that it's providing value in some way. So if you are able to offer like an exclusive discount to that publication, sometimes that's really valuable. Or if it's just something that their readers would find of interest and and at that time too, you know, why is it timely? Why do they need to cover your brand now? Is it new or is there something, you know, again, like tied to seasonality or an event? So really kind of make sure you're considering all of those things. It's a lot. (laughs) Very cool. Y'all have a lot of a lot of, uh, you're seasoned and have a lot of, you know, little nuances that are, I think, really helpful. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've, we've been doing this for a while separately. Um, I don't even know, I think it's like over 20 or 25 years combined experience. So <laughs> I feel like we definitely even learned things from our early days of, of doing PR where they're like, oh, I'm never doing that again, you know? <laughs> Yeah, still learning, still growing. Yeah, things are changing frequently too, obviously with more of a digital push, fewer print magazines, affiliates, all kinds of other things. So either way, I think like the core of PR pitching to media and I mean, just really like in general, honestly, even in terms of marketing, it's all about like, how are you telling your story and how are you coming up with creative ways to do that as well and like keeping things fresh? Um, I mean, that's been the same <laughs> as long as PR has existed. Well, and with the rise of influencers, it also 
opens the door for a lot more opportunities um, that are kind of a little bit of a lower barrier to entry. So, you know, sending product to influencers in exchange for posts um, or in exchange for, you know, like a mention on their social media is so much easier as there are so many more influencers, so many more types of influencers um, of all, you know, of varying degrees of um, quality, I would say. But um, I think there's a lot of value in reaching micro influencers. And I think that's something um, that, you know, Lost River can definitely take advantage of. Um, And, Mm -hmm. you know, taking a look at who's, you know, who's in the area, who's in the region, um, who has posted about, you know, this is kind of also back, you know, working backwards, like you would with media, take a look at, you know, like-minded brands or locations, you know, whether that's like a spa, um, that's, you know, really similar to kind of your ethos, um, or even if it's like a wellness food product, um, taking a look at, you know, whether or not any influencers have posted about that brand, um, kind of having the idea that they may like yours as well, and kind of make a list of who those potential targets might be. Um, But I think working with micro influencers, so like under 10,000 followers um, is great, is a great place to start. Um, And I think, you know, in terms of like reaching out, um, I, I think DMing on Instagram is completely acceptable. Again, like most influencers will include their email in their bio, um, or you can click their email and find their contact info. Um, But really think about and kind of consider what the package looks like that you're putting together to potentially send these influencers. Um, You know, you'll see a lot of like unboxing videos that the influencers post on their social channels. Um, So the more interesting or fun or memorable the package actually is. And that's like the physical package. Um, So not just putting a bunch of like bubble wrap in there, you know, the more interesting that is, the more likely they'll post more content. Um, I think that's kind of like the, the, the direction that a lot of brands are going. Um, So you can, you know, send the same thing to everyone. You can switch it up and make it a little bit more custom. I always recommend including a handwritten note and something that's really personalized. It makes a, it it takes, you know, 30 seconds to do, but it makes such a big difference. And it really helps kind of establish a more of a like partnership feel and relationship between yourself and the influencer. They're also way more likely to post about you down the road um, or want to work with you again. The handwritten note, I mean, it is scalable, honestly. Like there are companies, I think we have a, mm-hmm. a friend who has a company who she has, you know, many employees who write these beautiful handwritten notes, but it, it's just, I mean, it, getting a handwritten note from a brand like that's just going to establish so much likeness and it, mm-hmm. it's just so powerful. I would, I would love to, if you have any numbers on conversion versus, you know, with handwritten notes, without handwritten notes, I would, I would love to hear them, but I know that's probably a really hard thing to track. And I have like two shout outs uh, for local brands that have done that really well. Siete always mm-hmm. includes really great, personalized handwritten notes in their mailers. And they, I know that they work with a lot of influencers and I just, I like 
over the moon adore that brand. Um, yeah. But they also do a lot of kind of like tastemaker outreach to wellness people, influencers, chefs, bartenders, et cetera. Um, and it just makes such a, it makes a world of difference. Um, it creates this kind of, you know, like, <laughs> you know, brand ambassador in a way that's not mm-hmm. a traditional, you know, liquor brand ambassador or whatever it is. You become like an arbiter of the brand. Um, and it, I'm talking about it now. <laughs> and yeah. I always you know, <laughs> tell my friends when they ask for recommendations for, um, you know, for those types of products. Um, and then made in also is another great one that, you know, includes really, um, awesome handwritten notes and, um, and it's just, it, yeah, kind of gives you all the feels. Yeah. And like, it's clear that there are handwritten notes because the influencers or the tastemakers love them so much that they're sharing them on mm-hmm. their social. So I have not received a package from either brand, so I cannot attest to it. <laughs> it's only because my husband's a chef. I personally do not. Oh, you got the perks. Them. Yeah. So, so if anybody do you wants have... to send me anything, yeah, right. <laughs> please, please include a handwritten note as well. So do you guys have any um, like hard numbers or vague numbers even about the conversion uh, when you work with brands sending influencer packages, handwritten, non-handwritten notes? I don't, but I am going to get that. And on our next podcast, I will have, I will have a chart for you. I want the data. <laughs> going to make you a pie chart. Get ready. Sweet. Love a good pie chart. All right, y'all. Is there anything else PR related that you saw that Lost River could implement? I think the last kind of bucket um, that, you know, we'll just kind of mention, um, is the kind of like community building or community engagement. Um, you know, that's something that we love to do because it is, it's fun and creative, but also really helps reach your target market in like a kind of unique and fun way. Um, so, you know, that's anything from, you know, participating in an event or doing a pop-up at a spa, something like that. Um, so, you know, we saw a few examples, um, but not too many, just looking on Instagram. It looks like they're available at um, a hotel spa, which is a great opportunity to engage with the you know hotel and spa guests um, on social media. So um, you know, leveraging your wholesale partners or any other partners um, to you know create an opportunity, whether that is like, a giveaway on social or, you know, hosting, you know, offering to like host a, you know, a pop-up or like a sampling opportunity um, or like inclusion in some sort of like a gift bag if they have an event going on, but really like leaning on your existing partners and then looking for potential new partners. So, you know, again, really digging in and seeing like what your competitors are doing in the space or what some of your kind of like ideal um, like-minded brands and partners, um, in the area are doing and, you know, reaching out and just kind of gauging interest. Um, they may already have an existing event that they may want you to participate in, you know, whether that is like, um, an earth day, you know, shopping event or something. And, you know, they, they're looking for, um, you know, a, a holistic or all natural brand to come in and do some sort of sampling. Um, just for example, but, um, I think there's a lot of opportunities, uh, you know, to engage with potential partners, um, that, you know, I haven't really seen too much just on the, um, the Instagram. And I, th- I think that they're a, a really new brand. So 
there's definitely an opportunity just to like introduce yourself as a brand and say like, Hey, we're new, um, to the community. We'd love to partner up, um, you know, on whatever you have going on. Cool. Yeah. All great points. And I think something I'm going to bring up as we dive into like the more marketing and digital side is, um, and I'd love to hear your PR thoughts on this too, especially with partnerships, but let's just jump into the marketing side if that's okay with y'all. So first we're going to go through Instagram and right away. So I don't know exactly when product was available, but they launched on Instagram. Oh, maybe I do know when products available. Yeah. I do know. I should know. It was on January 31st. So February 1st was when they first launched their first batch. But in January, they started posting a little bit about on Instagram about the brand. And so it's a very new brand. It's been three and a half months since they started doing that and only a couple months since they launched the actual product. So there's so much good stuff here already. You can tell that the fa- I'm assuming the founder is doing this still because it's such a new brand, but you can tell that the person's an artist and that really reflects in the content that's being shared. I don't think everybody needs to be an artist to be able to do this. I don't think it has to be so aesthetically pleasing. It's just a bonus that this is a talent, that this person is right-brained, maybe left-brained too, I don't know, but it's really obviously beautiful content. And in both the creative and the copy, I'm just super impressed with what's going out. They're super social savvy and the content is quality, but they're still keeping up and maintaining the consistency. So I love it. I love the content. I love the variation. I love that they're talking about a lot of different messaging buckets. There's great engagement. But something that kind of differentiated it to me with the products and different products in the same space is the emphasis throughout the content and in the bio of it being indigenous inspired on native land. I believe she says it's Yakima and Silet's land that she's on in Lyle. And it's just a really beautiful way that she kind of weaves in that storytelling throughout the content too. And I believe 5% of her proceeds go to indigenous communities or organizations. And I think that's a really amazing thing to stress. It's because she's, you know, living off the land. And I also really like how she has tagged herself in the bio so that we can go into her personal profile and see how she's living and what she's doing. And you can learn so much about like, she just bought this huge acreage property where she's going to be planting a lot of different things on the property and growing her own herbal remedies. And I think that's incredible. And I'd love to see more of that too. I know that she's doing a little bit, but bring some of that stuff that you're open to sharing on your personal page onto your business one as well. If it reflects on your business, I think that could be a really fun thing to do. And it will also, you know, get more of your friends and family over there as well, which is vital in this early stage. Um, But yeah, I just, I did not see that initially. So Jenna, I want your life. First of all, this is so cool. I mean, I, I, I also love that you're willing to kind of connect your business with your personal life. And, um, 
it, it, it's also great that your personal feed is well curated for lack of a better term. So, um, any, any way you could show up more on your website. So people who maybe didn't, you know, pop over to your profile, they could learn more about you. You seem to have, you know, this great aesthetic and really like beautiful life and imagery. And I love your Husky puppy as well. (laughs) Real cute Husky. Yeah. It's like a whole lifestyle and bringing, I can see half of your content that you share on your personal, on your business one too, because I, what we find is that these brands that are open, I mean, you talked about Siete earlier, what's, what's more founder and community and brand, the people that are behind the brand focus than that brand, you know, and being open to that invites a lot of people to come in and be able to connect with you better. And that is all what social media is about, right? Of course, it's about entertainment, but it's also about mostly about community and connection, I hope. And I hope that continues to be that way. So a lot of of compliments, but I think a lot can be done in terms of, just like Allison said, a little bit more behind the scenes, a little bit more sharing of your everyday and not not worrying too much about the aesthetic um, in fear that it might make things look wonky. It won't. Uh, It all looks really great. And I will say it time and time again, I will say it to as many people as I can. Your feed doesn't have to look perfect. That is a very old way of thinking. Um, So you're doing great there. And another obvious thing, and I think it pertains to a lot of early stage brands, is focusing on your social proof. Um, So focusing on growth strategies to make sure that you look more established. You know, like if I saw this brand and it had a few thousand followers, it would make me feel more comfortable purchasing. That's what that social proof is all about. It's saying, seeing, oh, that person all of these people like this brand and follow this brand and trust this brand. Maybe I need to figure out what the fuss is about. So focusing on growth strategies. So things that your brand can do and all the, all other brands can do is partnering or collaborating with like-minded brands. So any other brand that shares a very similar customer persona or avatar as yours, partner with them, do giveaways, have fun. And when you do engage in those giveaways, we always recommend boosting a little bit. So we have a course and one of our students did a, Allison, make sure I'm saying this right, but he did a giveaway over the course of two days or three days for $25. Mm-hmm. And what, what, what was his, it was like an outrageous of followers. <laughs> yeah. And it was just like such a small amount of money, but it was, it just, it hit. Sometimes it hits, sometimes it doesn't. You always want to test like what the prize is, who you're partnering with, all that kind of stuff. But sometimes when it hits, it really hits. And when you boost our recommendation, like our rule of thumb is we're trying to get less equal to or less than $1 per follow. So if you boosted $25, I want you to get 25 followers that are super engaged, actually interested in your product you're going to see like a 10% fall off. So actually make that more than 25 followers. (laughs) But you, I think he was making like, I don't know, it was like 20 cents per follower, something like that, where it's just like, oh yeah, good, good boost. So 
giveaways, boost them a little bit, and then more Reels content. And I do not doubt that this lady can make beautiful video content because the two Reels that she has are so nice. Did y'all see that tea reel she had? I was like, yeah, who is this lady? <laughs> who made this? <laughs> so beautiful. It was just, it's, she's outside. She's using natural light. She laid a sheet down and she's just making tea. She's making her tea and it's just like this really beautiful aesthetic. And to be quite honest, 841 views, post it again put a different song on it, post it again and see if you can raise your views because it's always really poopy <laughs> to poopy <laughs> to spend a lot of time on something, post it and not get a lot of views on it. And that's not your fault, that's just Instagram. So, post it again, put a different song on it. If that one does better, feel free to archive this one so you don't have two of the same videos so close to each other, but I would encourage it again. And then this process one where you're using that like funnel, more, more of it. People want to see behind the scenes and that you're literally just setting up your camera and showing the production line, which people are so fascinated by. It's kind of like our fascination with pimple popping videos. Is anybody (laughs) else? Is that just me? No, I know it's not just me. (laughs) So You know, I made the the, the Umai search. Filled into all pimple popping videos. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it was one of our employees. They were like, "Who's been what? Who's been engaging with pimple popping videos?" It's all in our search. And Allison was like, "That was definitely me." <laughs> Once you get started, you just can't stop. The same okay. same thing with behind the scenes. Same thing. <laughs> same thing. Same thing with your process videos. It's like there's something about it that's just like super relaxing. It's like ASMR. I was just going to say, just like the ASMR. Yeah. Yeah. More of that. And I would, I would try and do it as much as possible. I love the variation. You're doing carousel posts, you're doing videos, you're doing static images, keep it up. But if you can, and you have the time up that video content on your land, when you're, she posted this, did she post this? I got a little lost in this feed y'all because it's so beautiful, but she posted, I think it was on her personal. See, it was on her, maybe it was you guys, I don't remember, but it was her planting different. It was so cool. It was like, I'm planting this sequoia, this little sequoia transplant, and hopefully it's going to become this big tree later. And it was just like, so cool. (laughs) And it's just like, I want to see that on your feed too, because it's that part of the storytelling that people love. So more of that quick question for brands, I guess for like smaller brands that don't have a huge, like breadth of products, what do you recommend in terms of like frequency of posting on Instagram specifically? Love that question. The same amount. The same okay. amount that I would send to, I would tell anybody. So even if you have one product, think of all of the different benefits of it. Think of all of the different ways that you can talk about it and talk about it just as often as anybody else would talk about their products. Allison always says this, but when we are talking to a new brand, it's there's always one or two hero products. You know, it's it's going to make up like 80% of your sales. So that's kind of normal anyways, for there to be like these hero products that you talk about all the time. So I would say very, very similar, um, if not the 
the same strategy and you're going to want to post about it as much as you can. You want to track your analytics to see what's working and then do more of what's working, do less of what's not. Let's move a little over to the website now that we've talked about Instagram. So going to the website, I love that you guys called out the banner, that that hero banner on the website, herbal remedies that restore balance and allow inner creativity to flow. I like it. I would like to see probably more of product focus at first because I'm like, hmm, is this a course? Like, do I learn about how to make it? Like, what is yeah. it? Like, what am I, what can I get here? So I would love that with the call to action. Um, but first and foremost, implementing a pop-up and a first time order discount is something that we really want brands, especially ones that don't have a lot of proof yet because they just launched to do because you want to drive trial. You want to get people to try it. So having that pop up, getting as many emails as you can, setting up all your email flows after that, we want to see that done. I will, we'll, we'll always talk about email and we've talked, we talked about on the last audit, really recommend to do that. And then the second one on the website, just really quickly would be to make that free shipping over a hundred dollars automatic. You want like, don't make them use that promo code free ship a hundred. It's, it's awesome that you have a free ship option, but just make it automatic so that you can utilize that first order discount and the free shipping just to entice more people to purchase. Uh, it just makes it a little bit easier on everyone in the long run. And that might be, you know, the offer that you can do at this time, but as you know, maybe you're able to get more efficient and things like that. Consider testing if dropping that free shipping to like 50 or 75 for a bit could is going to help you uh, convert users better. So, um, and, and in terms of that automatic discount, if you're using Shopify, which I don't think I checked if you are or not, that's something that you can easily set up in the back end to just automatically apply that discount. Um, so there's just less friction during during the entire checkout process. Is that be Squarespace? A Squarespace. Okay. Oh, I don't know too much about Squarespace, but hopefully there is an automatic um, app that you could use to help with that. Certainly, um, right? Certainly. Yeah, certainly. It's been years since I've used Squarespace. Um, I did just see an email about, uh, and maybe they already offered this, but linking up um, your Instagram and Squarespace to make it easier to shop on your Instagram account through your Squarespace site. So that is, okay. if it wasn't already an option, it is now, or it is now easier to do. Hmm. So beyond like Instagram shopping. It's beyond like, that. Yeah. Okay. So you would kind of, I guess you would link up um, on the back end. So like that your catalog. Is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like, gotcha. That's how Shopify um, interacts with Instagram is it's your catalog shows up, you can tag on your Instagram and then you can go shop on your site. So I'm guessing Squarespace implemented something like that. Yeah. I mean, social shopping is huge. It's the future. <laughs> Don't quote me on that, but, <laughs> but we really do think, I mean, it like it, it's less, uh, you know, clicking, it's less, um, less people getting off of the their endless scrolling on TikTok and Instagram. It keeps them right inside the platform, which the mm-hmm. um, soft, you know, meta is obviously going to love you to stay on their platform. So um, 
highly recommend setting up IG and Facebook shops. Uh, I salves, sa- salves. I just learned it's salves and not salves, salves, uh, or general like supplement herbal space can get denied for IG shops, unfortunately. So, um, I'm not sure lost river if you'll be able to, but definitely check it out. You've got such a beautiful shopping space already on your Instagram. It would be great to allow that. I'm so sorry. Yeah. They're lumping salves into that's that they're making that as hard to sell as supplements. I, I would but say anything in the herbal space <laughs> gets flagged as supplements. Um, even if you're all natural, all those things, they a lot of times lump them in huh. and it's really hard to get out of that category and get into the health and beauty category. Yeah. That's confusing. Well, also, cause like some of her products are like tea, obviously you ingest, but and then like something that's like topical is more like beauty. So yeah, I could see how it's something you're like putting inside your body. That would make more sense to me, but it's like how the opposite in this case. I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, it looks like she, her catalog is approved. So she's all good. Um, it's just sending over to website. So check out mm-hmm. IG shopping. See if, if that is something that could work for you. Um, Beyond that, with the website, uh, Karen signed up to see if you have a welcome email because that's the kind of person she is. And she did not see a welcome email. So that's one of our first and favorite emails that we'll ever set up. Um, it goes along with that pop-up. Once you enter your email address, you get that first introduction, welcome, here's a discount. And then that user goes through your full indoctrination flow. So it's just that first um, send and it's really important. So look into that uh, if you set up a pop-up. And then again, beautiful content, beautiful packaging. Would love to see some more people and people with product, some more lifestyle shots across the across all assets. We talked about this on the last episode how consumers just want to see, you know, themselves in that piece of photography or video. And so those type of shoots can be super helpful. They don't have to be like produced shoots even can be like, Hey, I'm having a party (laughs) and uh, I'm going to invite all my friends and I'm just going to happen to be going around with my products and, and taking as many photos and videos as possible. So there's different ways to do that, you know, on a budget, if you will. So paid social, I saw some ads creep in and then now they're gone. So (laughs) I don't know if I'm not looking in the right spot again, but I did see some really great ads. So congrats on doing that. Uh, If you're doing it yourself, that's amazing. Being a business owner and running ads and doing social and PR (laughs) and everything is is really impressive, um, but I don't see them anymore. So I'm going to speak on what I remember. Um, I remember seeing uh, mostly product photography, just kind of like the photos that are on your website. Just remember, like we just said, native photos are your friends. So when we say native photos that um, photos and videos that look like the photos and videos on your Instagram feed. So um, I would say pull in your IG posts. Like you don't have to make brand new 
structured ad creatives and videos. It's really about utilizing everything you have and not making yourself work more. So you can simply go in if you're launching ads and just pull existing posts, pull in a really great reel or uh, even stories you can pull in as ads, just to make sure they make sense to run as evergreen ads. And those we see performing uh, better than even our like designed creative. So definitely uh, look into that. Uh, work smarter, not harder. And I want to stress that when Allison's saying pull in, like she's not saying like screenshot and like copy and paste the copy. Like she's talking about like there are buttons to press inside ads manager where you can literally be like, I want to do this Instagram post of mine. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we're also not saying boost. Do not, we're not talking about boost and boosting is a whole other thing. We're talking about create a campaign and ads manager once you're at the ad level, it will say create an ad or use existing post. And you'll go in and you'll use an existing post. Um, that's also where your branded content will show up, where the existing posts are. That's a whole other ballgame. That's uh, if an influencer posts about you and allows you to run that post as an ad, that's where that's going to be. Those are pow- powerful as well. And hit us up if you need help. We're, we're happy to help. Um, and then the copy. So the one thing I saw with the copy, it was, it was good copy. I think it uh, had some storytelling. It talked about some value props, um, but we could break it up a bit. It was large paragraph text. People scrolling through their feed, especially Instagram ads, you're seeing maybe a sentence, a sentence and a half. Um, so, you know, try try a shorter copy as long as, as well as long form copy, both work really well. But I think uh, the main point I wanted to get across here is use emojis. Emojis just help catch the reader's eye. It helps them get through the blocks of text. Um, you don't have to use like silly, dumb emojis. You can use like the sparkle emoji or something cute like that. But uh, try pulling some emojis in uh, if you're doing longer copy. I feel like oh. emojis also yeah. help me when I'm like scrolling through it helps. It makes me think that it's like a friend of mine or something. Yes. Like I feel like it, it. It gives it more personality and creates more of like a um, just creates more of a personality for a brand. Um, so you kind of you, you feel a little bit more. I don't know, comfortable to to stop and peruse. Absolutely. When you're writing, <laughs> and I so I've been advertising for like ten years or something. When I first started, I used. Um, what is it? Cap case. Like everything was like you capitalize R capitalize like camel you, case, camel case where every single word was capitalized. Cause I was like, this is an ad, you know, this is like a professional ad. Um, I quickly realized that was silly. Um, so like the big rule of thumb when you're writing copy is speak like you're speaking to a friend. Don't misspell words. Don't use like slang or like, you know, things like that. But it, it should be pretty, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Native should be pretty like Colloquial. just casual. Yeah. Beyond the emojis, we love emojis. We use Emojipedia if you're looking for an emoji uh, dictionary. Um, also in the copy, uh, think about some value propositions to have. Um, a great way to start off a piece of uh, copy is uh, calling out the user. So 
any way you can call it the user without um, getting flagged. <laughs> so you can't say, do you have uh, eczema question mark? You can't say that. Um, you can kind of massage that, but use that in a way to call out the uh, the user. That That's a great starting line for your copy. Um, but think of more problems that you're product solving. I saw that you talk about eczema a lot on your salve. And uh, that is a huge differentiator between all, you know, any other products out there. So definitely, um, you know, relate to that. I don't think you can say that outright, um, but talk about dry skin, cracked skin, things like that, and what your uh, product can do. That's a huge differentiator. And then, yeah, I'm just rolling guys. So feel free to stop me, but video, just like Karen said, so you can pull in those reels, those beautiful reels that you're making. You can pull those in as ads, but you can also make more video. So anytime you're out on your property, anytime you're doing those, um, making the salves or, you know, processing the teas or making yourself a tea, film it, uh, film it with beautiful light in the morning, film it, you know, in the evening, get 15, 30, and 60 second quick videos that you can smash together or add testimonials on top or just a simple video of your property with like value propositions on it could could really work as an ad. So just always have this guy on you and always filming. It's not always going to be, you know, the best, but the more you have, definitely the better. And then my final ad piece of advice is never, ever, ever send an ad to your homepage. So when uh, you launch an ad, send it as far into the checkout process as you can possibly get. So if you're running an ad for tea, send them to the URL for, let's see, slash essential teas so that they have less places to click through. They're already on the product page and they can purchase straight from there. If you're selling your duo, send them to slash essential duo. Um, just that extra click can really drive down conversion. So just remember that um, if or when you want to run ads. So if they were running an ad for something that was like a little bit more general, or maybe it was like, for the holiday season, but wanted to push a bunch of their products, what would you recommend sending them to? Yeah. And, and we are kind of talking about e-commerce. So there could be little, you know, if and wins, but if it's a holiday collection, most likely you're going to make a collection on Shopify Squarespace for that. So you would send them to collection slash holiday or whatever that is. So you're at least getting them past the homepage where they have to like find where they need to go you're getting them as far into it as possible. Um, if you if you made a bundle for them, you're sending them directly to that product bundle page. So generally the um, the least furthest place we'll ever send for e-commerce would be slash collections where they can shop all products. Lots of tips that you can implement ASAP, really. Cool. Is there anything else that you guys want to leave Lost River with? I mean, cool. keep doing what you're doing. I feel like they have such a, a beautiful basis. Um, mm-hmm. It has an interesting story. The website makes me feel very calm. So I already yeah. feel very good <laughs> about the product. Um, 
And I was just looking on the Instagram page and I like love the carousel posts that talk about each ingredient. Um, I think that's so clever. Um, and it, I think it's just helpful to educate um, consumers if they don't necessarily know what a specific ingredient is, but mm-hmm. say, keep doing what you're doing. Just keep <laughs> of it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome guys. Okay. Well, the rind, is there anything that you want to leave the audience with? Well, if you ever have any questions about PR, whether or not you're ready for it, if you need it, um, what to do, anything like that, <laughs> um, feel free to reach out to us um, or DM us on Instagram. Um, we, you know, in addition to offering our PR services, we also do consulting um, where we'll do kind of a, a brand audit like this, but it'll be a little bit more tailored and you'll get a PR toolkit, which will help um, kind of hopefully answer all of your questions. Um, but yeah, feel free to reach out anytime um, we're here. Awesome. And on our end, on the marketing end, we have the Umai mini course. And it's a great place to start for smaller brands or medium-sized brands looking to up their digital marketing game. It's a free five-day course. and gives a lot of juicy tips and things that you may not be implementing already. Well, all right, guys, thanks again for joining us. We'll be back with episode three very soon. Yeah, thanks for having us. This was fun. Ooh, My Social Circle is a CPG agency-driven podcast based out of Austin, Texas. We're excited to share more behind-the-scene insights, chats with industry leaders, and whatever else we learn along the way. Follow us on Instagram at Umai Marketing or check out our website, umaymarketing.com. Catch you back here soon.